Right, time is now 10, uh, 12 minutes past 10 o'clock and it's time for a bit of trash talk. On today's program, Frank Shippers talks to Marcy Trentlong about the challenges of opening a recycling plant during COVID. Hey, Trash Talk listeners, we have a trivia question for you this morning. In 2020, how many tons of plastic bottles went into the landfills each day in Hong Kong? A hundred? A hundred and fifty? Keep going up. Because the Environmental Protection Department calculated that in 2020, 179 tons of plastic bottles arrived at the landfill each day that year in Hong Kong. And remember, plastic bottles are really lightweight, so that's a lot of plastic bottles. Well, good news is here, we hope, because the Alba Group Baguio Swire-owned plastic recycling plant is finally opening in Hong Kong. Yay! Here to talk to us about it is the general manager of New Life Plastics Limited, Frank Shippers. Welcome to your very first of hopefully a few more interviews with Trash Talk, Frank. Thank you so much. <laughs> and good morning. Good morning. Well, why don't you, uh, even though we know a little bit about it from previous years, but maybe tell us a little bit about the genesis of the project and how long it's taken to, to for you to get to this point of being operational. Yes, first of all, uh, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, really appreciate it. And yes, you gave a really good introduction. One of the core reasons that... Uh, NLP has been born in Hong Kong is effectively to avoid landfill in the future with the beautiful material as plastic is. So it's not only about a lot of volume, but the plastic beverage bottles are a really valuable recyclable product to become a new resource. And out of that resource, new products will be born. That's a well-known process for many years in Europe. So it's actually a really good opportunity for Hong Kong and for our uh, industry to um, come to Hong Kong and to be part of the solution. So as you stated already, it's uh, about three years ago, the big idea was born with three shareholders, Alba, Baguio and Swire, to establish uh, new life plastics. Um, you have a lot of interviews, interesting interviews with other people from the company, so <laughs> I don't have to repeat that. Uh, I came over 14 months ago. Uh, to finalize the project in, let me say, the engineering and the building state, meaning the assembling of the machinery, the equipment, and in parallel, uh, hiring the right people to operate the plant from the management to the operational staff. Very important stuff. Yes, the most important is the combination of the right people at the right spot combined with the right technology. Uh, very briefly about the technology, it's well known uh, European technology, so it's proven technology. That's also a big plus, of course. We don't do tests. We don't have to to, to trial and error. We know the machines. We know what they can. And that was always uh, one of the basic points to um, to start this, this activity also in Hong Kong. Hmm. Um, regarding the staffing, that was, of course, a really big challenge because we did admit it in the middle of the COVID quarantine. And as uh, a lot of people know already, uh, China and Hong Kong are really challenging uh, regions to uh, establish a country, uh, a company in the middle of COVID and so on. So you became the so, master of Zoom uh, interviews, I guess. 
<laughs> yeah, but you cannot build a factory with only Zoom. So you need also hands and people <laughs> on the floor. So I became a master in influencing people coming over to Hong Kong and to help uh, this beautiful project to get born. So this was actually the main challenge was the right people taking influence and motivate them to come to Hong Kong. And of course, finding and hiring the right staff and the right people here in Hong Kong to have a complete team. Actually, this was the biggest, let me say, challenge of all. And then finally, finally, and that's why you are exciting and me too, 1st of March, 2020, we start the just start push the button and we start the first production of the processing of the waste bottles into a new resource. That is so, so exciting, right? So so I guess you had a couple extra bales of plastic sitting around that you could use to, to put in the plant. Yeah, luckily, uh, one of our partners, Baguio, has prepared and collected already uh, in Hong Kong um, enough bales so that I can use to test my factory, to start up the factory and to really drive into a full-time daily production. So actually, the feedstock was not the problem regarding the availability of the volume. Um, the more challenging part is and was the quality of the feedstock based on the mix of different kinds of plastics that we find here in the bales. Yeah. And so why don't you tell us about that? How do you, how do, how does the plastic water bottle that maybe I use or the laundry soap that's HDPE, right? So, so it's PET and HDPE and trash talkers. I'm sure you know this. That's number one and number two on plastics, right? Right. So, so let's say I've got my little laundry bottle and I've got my plastic water bottle. How does it get to you? Yes. So actually the sourcing is uh, in different stages. We have, of course, the sourcing from um, the waste management companies in Hong Kong. We work with the NGOs who collect by helpers and by their own in the uh, house, the houses and the real estate uh, project. We work with, of course, Drink Without Waste. Um, with Paul Zimmerman and his team uh, to do tests and trials regarding uh, optimization of the quality in the volumes. And of course, a lot of um, communication directly with the Hong Kong EPD uh, from the government um, to um, work together regarding why is the why is it so important to limit it to PAT drinking bottles of beverage bottles and as you say, the HTPE container or um, bottle that this factory has designed for. Right. So the first thing that I have to, in the last months, uh, really focus on with all those stakeholders from the NGOs, the industry, the waste and the resourcing companies, the government was that we are not a sorting plant. We are a plastic resource facility processing plant. Aha. So actually it's limited to type one and type two. PAT and HDP. Yeah. And this is now growing the awareness why it's so important that this has to be only part of the bail. This was the most important step is and still is going on the education and the communication towards the Hong Kong community about plastics, the, giving them more insight and more information about the huh. why of, have of that your bail. That's super interesting. And, and I know from touring the plant in the, the past, you touched on it briefly, but what's exciting about this plant is you'll be able to go from plastic bottle 
to plastic bottle, meaning it's you're able to do food grade PET, which is really exciting. Yes, let me explain. So what the first, I guide you really briefly to the process. A bale is coming in and a bale today, con uh, the content is HDP and PAT. We focus mainly, of course, on the PAT. The PAT bottle today has several colors. For the food grade ready flakes that we aim to produce, we need the transparent bottles. But also in Hong Kong, we have yellow, green, brown, all kinds of other PAT drinking bottles. Not a waste, but we separate that with optical sorters and they go in the range of colored PAT bottles. This kind of fiber and flake has another end user than the clear ARPADS food grade ready flake that we aim at. Aside that, so we have colored PAT, transparent PAT, and then we have your washing bottle from the HDPE. The HDPE is also separate from the PAT. So in the factory, first we separate PAT from HDPE, and then we do colorization separation, okay, or based on the colors. We aim to produce as much as possible ARPAD food grade ready flakes coming from the transparent drinking bottle. Right. There we make like hot wash, we make clear flake. The hot wash flake is going not in this factory, goes to another factory, not in Hong Kong, and it will be, it goes to an extruder where they make pallets and out of the pallets they make preform. The preform will be born back in a new drinking bottle. And this is the closing the loop story. So today it's this completely bottle to bottle storyline is based on a transparent, clear waste bottle becomes a new beverage bottle. Okay, so trash talkers, so it's important that if, if we are gonna use plastic, which we always try not to, if we can avoid it, but if we are going to, always go for the transparent for PET. Yes. Now, should we also go for transparent in HDPE as well? Does that make your life easier? Um, for the HDP, it's not so focused on because it's going into another source than the food grades. So it's also available as a recyclable and it will be reused mostly in other packaging than food grade in textile and clothing industry, but also in the automotive industry. Okay, so for the HDPE, you'll probably downcycle it a little bit. You'll you'll send it into to be using into other products as opposed to back to my laundry bottle, right? Because that's just the way it is right now with yes. technology. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it, it can be reborn also in a new um, soap bottle, but mostly it's going indeed as a as a sub product or a byproduct in the uh, in the automotive industry, the car industry. But I don't want to say it's downcycling because when it has a new life in shoes, in, 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 in clothes, it's actually not a downcycle. I can say you companies like Nike, Adidas, we all know it, are more and more now um, using uh, HDP and even uh, colored PAT in their products. So fashionable uh, dress listeners will not like it that that would be categorized as downcycling i think no i guess not i don't think the hk rita guys and my my textile recycling friends will like that either okay i take it back sorry i take Thank it back <laughs> so i just want to on the on the kind of the last note again that you know, for people who really want to make sure that they recycle and get their stuff to you, um, it could be that Baggio, you know, for an office, it could be that Baggio is taking care of their office, so 
that means that it'll get to you. It could mean that the volunteers, I guess we should call it, um, maybe from the waste in uh, uh, the community green stations as well. And what about, is it okay to put it in the brown, you know, recycling bin in the government ones on the street? Or should I take it home and find another way? So if there are actually more and more um, systems also now setting up by the government, uh, like PRS systems are coming and so on. Um, today is indeed better to take it home and to uh, follow the local solution that you have to with the help of all the waste management companies who pick up it in your estate at a container. They empty it in their special trucks, they bail it and it comes as a bail to our industrial factory. Right. So actually, in, 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 uh, when I drill down to you, the future will be also in Hong Kong that uh, the government is working hard on a kind of a framework for recycling, including the plastics, um, finding, uh, searching out what's the best solution for Hong Kong related with the typical challenges in Hong Kong, like traffics and, 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 and housing and estates. So it, they have their own challenges and that's interesting. Um, but at least there will become in the future a clear framework about the recycling of plastics and other recyclable materials. Therefore, the waste management companies, as you mentioned, like Baguio and so on here in Hong Kong, they uh, try to win the tenders that the government is writing out for them. So for organized sourcing and collection of all kinds of, of, of plastics. So this is ongoing and we have some tests. Uh, running now, where NLP, New Life Plastics, is happy to be part of it as one of the main pillars in the total solution of the plastic recycling here in Hong Kong. That's one. Then, of course, that's really nice for me. It was really new for me, but it's really nice that they have so many dedicated NGOs uh, based on cleaning the plastics out of the oceans, out of the forest, out of the environment and that's really really nice and that's actually new life plastics we as a senior management we support all those ngos not only by funding but saying okay you can bring your material to us we will guarantee recycle it and we help you in education uh, for the kids the schools um, funding or some support uh, left or right in the typical projects like they do like cleaning the oceans and, and so on so that's the second big um, slices, of course, in many different NGOs, but also if you make the sum of them, they will make a difference because they are really dedicated to do this for the environment. And then, of course, the third pillar that we work on is the pillar regarding the schools and the education. From the kids to the university, we invite them, we communicate with them about the why is it so important that a plastic drinking bottle is a really good sustainable value product to be reborn in a new product. And that makes sense. So it's the combination of communication, education, and be connected with the Hong Kong society by the NGOs, the government, and of course, more the commercial part with all the, um, with all the waste management companies here. Wow. So you've gotten to learn a lot about Hong Kong in the last couple of years, eh? As a newcomer. <laughs> That's fabulous. Well, that means, Frank, that we get to have you on the show again, maybe in six months or eight months, and you can give us an update. 
Of course, I'm happy to do that. Really happy. And thank you for the invitation. And we keep you all informed. <laughs> okay, great. Well, best, best, best of luck. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia.